there, skips and skipperettes from all across the vast electronic wasteland known only as Internet Land. And welcome back to Tales from the Jungle Cruise. Well, we're back with another episode of Quality Skippertainment, and this week we're going to keep it a little light on the plugs, other than to remind you just to visit us over at Facebook, facebook.com slash junglecruise, C-R-E-W-S. We continue to update every day with vintage Jungle Cruise and Disney content. So we have nearly two months of episodes that are in the system right now, so we've got a lot of fresh content continuing. This particular episode was shot during a, a really bad El Nino day, and we were rained out of the quiet spot where I like to record in Tustin. Sadly, we were on a tight time budget, so we weren't able to move anywhere. Uh, the rain poured for like an entire hour of the episode taping, so unfortunately there's a lot of ambient background noise in this episode. I did what I could to minimize it, but there's a point if you just turn down the volume a little bit, if the rain's too strong, there's a good uh, good midpoint where the voices really start to come through a little clearer. So this episode, we uh, chat with Skipper Tom Halligan and his brother-in-law and returning visitor to the show, Skipper Jeff Rhodes. You know, Tom has one of the most diverse Disney resumes that we've come across, both in operations and in the artistic side at multiple parks. You know, I, I won't spoil too much for you. Just enjoy this episode. So here we go, Season 5, Episode 13, as we present Skipper Tom Halligan in an episode we like to call Three Waterlogged Skippers. Kungaloosh, everyone. Well, I mean, I'm sure you remember actually, uh, Jeff, I know you and I, particularly being in the jungle in this kind of weather, mm-hmm. um, yeah. more often than not, Disney did not close anything at all right. during the, the rainy season, so it, it got to be a bit of a um, moist undertaking. <laughs> no. um, I remember that they, they gave us these white cotton gloves. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Mouse hands. Yeah, they're Mickey yeah. Mouse, but they're, they were cotton and they were like knit yeah. kind of gloves. <laughs> and um, they would get wet within seconds. Right. And yeah, so I, the trick I learned was I would go over to um, uh, the food service people and I would borrow, quote unquote, uh, a pair of their latex food handling gloves and them. put it on underneath. And it actually gave just enough insulation. Uh, the other trick a lot of people would do is they'd put the white gloves on over the top of their, like, black reindeer gloves, which would work a little bit. I just brought my own gloves. <laughs> but, um, well, but that was also a different era. I remember here you're supposed to be in the jungle and you got a scarf. And you, they gave a black muffler, yep. white gloves, and a stocking hat, you know, the, the treehouse beanie. <laughs> we're, we're going through the jungle. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so, so, and that one, that my first... Um, my first uh, Easter week, I worked. Uh, it was raining like this, and the boats were floating off the rail. They finally closed the jungle cruise because yep. the water was so high. Well, you know, they, um, there's a water gauge when they did the. Yeah. I, I'm sure it was the, there, but the, yeah, there's yeah. one. Yeah, when they did the revamp, they made it in a more visible spot. But there's a water gauge that shows what the water level is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll do the intro. I just okay. Uh, you had a chance to hear a couple episodes, sure. I assume. Yeah, probably the Jets. I would assume. <laughs> well, no. I hope you can get an episode out of this because, like I said, I mean, I worked there kind of briefly, and it was so long well, ago. I'm, I like kind of write right down no, notes. But yeah. you know, here, but here's the thing, and the reason I'm going to just do the quick introductions. Uh, uh, hi guys, we're sitting in the middle of monsoon season in in California, uh, where it rains uh, 363 days a year. It's very wet California weather uh, with. Uh, return to the podcast for uh, Skipper Jeff Rhodes, who was with us about two years ago. And uh, joining us today is uh, Tom, I get the last name, Halligan? Halligan. Halligan, I got it right. Um, who uh, was a skipper briefly. But here's the thing, I we've had people who come on, we spend like an hour talking about just jungle. But we've also found that there are people who work at jungle who then have really interesting stories that branch out from it. 
So if I mean if we're not talking a lot about that the jungle thing in particular, that's fine. Because uh, as Jeff kind of recounted, you had a really interesting Disney story in general. Yeah, I guess it'd be interesting if your family. Yeah, Jeff <laughs> yeah. and I are actually related. Uh, he's married to my sister, so we're brother-in-laws. Yep. So he, full he, disclosure. He tends to do that, and then isn't your sister's married to? Is that the other way around? Isn't? Don't you have someone who's married to park operations? Um, Gene's sister. Yeah. Tom's sister is married to um, John Storbeck. Yeah, sorry, Storbeck. I love John. Uh, but he's actually just retiring. So, oh, I didn't yeah, know he's that. He's leaving the park as of, I think, this month. Oh, so, so I can get him on the podcast now that he's... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Tom, when, uh, when, when did you work? What was your time frame working for Disney? I, so I even had to write notes because it's so long It's going all right. Back, you know, but, as we get into this yeah. age group, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> so it all started back... You know, I started in 1984. That's when I graduated high school. And my older sister, Jeannie, Jeff's wife... My old, other older sister, John Storbeck's wife, Katie, and my older brother, Johnny, had all gotten jobs at the park. So they worked at Riverbell Terrace. Katie was in Tomorrowland, uh, food, something, and then Johnny was on the monorail. So I figured, okay, I'm the last one. I'll better get a job there, too. <laughs> so I went out and applied, and then I get this letter saying, congratulations, you've been hired. We ought to offer you a job in the parking lot. And I thought, oh, God, the parking lot. That's the, I don't want to work in the parking lot. I want to work in Disneyland. That's why I applied. And all my brothers and sisters said, no, you just got the best place to work, you know. And little did I know, this was kind of the end of the era of the, the grand parking lot, like all the parking lot Olympics and everything. So I go to the parking lot and work a couple summers. And it was great, you know, because a lot of the problems with Disneyland is you get, it gets monotonous. So the parking lot, you've got the toll booth, you've got the field, you've got the rear tram. You know, once in a while you get thrown in the kennel. And so there was all this variety of not only the different jobs you could do, but the times of day. So it's a totally different job in the morning when everybody's coming in and they're fresh and they're excited. And then, by the way, it was $2 to park at the time. $2 to park. Yeah. It's, it's now 20 Yeah. They basically, I think, bumped it all the way up to the... And they're yeah. going to build another parking structure. Uh, wow. The, they're, they're saying... Uh, it's now where, I guess it's Pumba. That's like, kind of like behind the hotel. Like across from uh, Garden Walk, they're, they're looking at building another another five thousand spot structure. So, wow. yeah, this was obviously way that. back before all the before any construction yeah. and all that. Well, and you know, it's funny that this is going to be a weird theme uh, because the last two people who I've interviewed, whose episodes haven't gone up yet, also started in the parking lot. Mm. Uh, one at, at Walt Disney World, and the other one was someone who started here in the parking lot in uh, I want to say '72. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be like a theme group of episodes. <laughs> so now, did, were you... Um, one of the things about the parking lot guys is there seems to be the guys who jump on the microphone and have a natural affinity mm-hmm. for being a wise-ass. <laughs> uh, was that you? I mean, did yeah, you, I did think you I, have that? Yeah, I, I, that's why I was kind of disappointed at first to be in the parking lot because I wanted to be on stage, you know, and performing. So... Yeah, I loved rear tram. I never got to drive the tram. That was like the guys that were there and the gals that were there for a really long time. That yeah. was like a really coveted position, so I never stayed long enough to be driving the tram. But yeah, I enjoyed rear tram, and we were talking earlier about cold weather like this today, but that rear tram, you know, at the end of the night, you were just completely bundled up because it was freezing cold, and then you add in the wind chill. Yeah. You know, that was freezing. But yeah, I enjoyed that, and I enjoyed the little interaction you had. It was kind of nice because you weren't constantly with the guests, you know, more of their cars. And that old that old um, parking lot costume, I guess 80s, 90s, that thing was like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. I mean, they gave, <laughs> yeah. they, have you ever, I mean, you've seen the, big, the orange and yellow one? Yeah, the big one. So it was like an actual insulated jacket, unlike all the stuff in the park oh, that yeah. was themed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Parking lot, they actually wrapped them up a little bit. Yeah, and it was like designed so that you wouldn't get hit, you know, because you had to physically stand in front of cars because they would always try to like act dumb and go where they're not supposed to go. Yeah. So all you had to do was just stand there and they, they wouldn't run you over luckily yeah. so they would just go okay i give up he's not gonna let me go that way because they were always trying to buck the system and go park closer to the front so i don't know what it is about disney that that brings that out in people because you know look i i, I see these people who like raise their kids and if they take one step out of line at the mall they're upset but when they come to disneyland they'll take their car where they're not supposed to they'll jump over ropes yeah. they'll do you know the cones mean nothing yeah that was another fun job in the parking lot was cone duty so yeah. every once in a while you'd be laying out the cones or picking up the cones and they had this great system of the guy in the cart 
flipping them back and they would do a flip and you'd be catcher and put them on the stacks and you know start new stacks so that was kind of a fun job if you got to do cone duty because it was only two guys yeah so they would pull you out of the monotonous job you're doing and go hey we're gonna go do cones and, and, that, and with, at that point was it still um i i've heard a, for a long time parking lot was really male heavy but there weren't a lot of women that were cast out I there. I think was so, yeah. Or, yeah. I think so, yeah. It was kind of the tougher gals, you know. But, you know, kind of like the Jungle Cruise, there was no women at the time I worked. But, yeah, it was kind of a little more male-heavy, but there wasn't. There was females there, too. Yeah. And I remember one night, I think it was on the 30th anniversary, so it would have been 85, getting picked up by Dave O'Mell was there at the time, and I just knew him as this big wig, you know, and... Him and another guy said, hey, come on, we got a job. And they were going out and doing cones, and it was like the middle of the night, you know. And then he pointed over at the marquee, and he goes, see that marquee? We just ordered a new one. We're getting a brand new marquee. So I was one of the first people to find out about that. Yeah, the old marquee was still <laughs> the, the, the front one that was on, uh, was on uh, Harbor? Harbor, yeah. 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 You, know, you know who bought a lot of, when they, when they made the new one, you know who bought a lot of the old one? It was John Stamos, owns the D. Oh, really? He has the, he has the Disneyland D. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty cool. Well, he's a huge Disney buff. I mean, he oh, yeah. he really has a lot of memorabilia. So, um, so you, you spent a couple of years out in the a couple parking of years lot. on the parking lot, and then I went away to school, and I you know I stopped working for a while. Another quick parking lot story, though, is I remember there was a special open house event for cast and their families, and we actually got to, they took the trams inside the park. And I actually got to do rear tram going around inside the park. Oh, that's crazy. Got to do, like, um, you know, see inside the Haunted Mansion and see how all the effects were done. And they had tours everywhere. And that, that must have been around 1985, too. But I thought that was a one-of-a-kind time when they had yeah. the trams running around the park I, I couldn't even imagine having having the trams in park. Yeah, they would go... Turn around at the hub. Front, well, they would areas. go... They went in front of the Haunted Mansion, and then somehow they went backstage... I can't remember the route, but yeah, yeah, we just did a loop. And well, and that was '84. Would have been Splash was just opening. '84. Yeah, this was around '85. Yeah, I think '84 yeah. Splash opened, so you, there would there would have been a, a pathway back there past uh, Country Bear. You just sparked another memory. You're a very good interviewer, so I, I, I remember when Splash Mountain opened. McDonald's or somebody was doing a commercial, so they asked for cast members to be extras. So we were up all night. And this was when they just started Splash Mountain, and so every time you went down, you were like, it's like you jumped in a swimming pool. I mean, you were yeah, completely yeah. soaked the yeah. way it worked. So we were up all night, you know, and they would have us choose all these different colored clothes. We'd go ride it, be soaking wet, go back and sit backstage again for hours and hours, and it's just like we got to ride it maybe twice. The commercial, you can't see anything. It's just like <laughs> slow motion. You know, we're not in any of the scenes of the commercial, but it was a fun night. Yeah. Good bonding. If you... Uh, Randomly on the, if you go to YouTube, one of the really interesting videos is Disney Afternoon had a, a half an hour, I guess 20 minutes of commercials. That was their announcement and preview and, and you know, showed everything in the, you know, in the, the new ride. And it's, it's so dated right now, like the costumes look nothing like they do today. But it's really amazing how they were promoting it because at the time it was one of the first big new. You know things that they've done since like '76. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like every ten years they do something big like that. So okay, so yeah, tramming in the park. I just have to. I mean, that's I've heard some crazy tram stories, and that's that that beats them. That's pretty. Much yeah, you'll have to look up where. I mean, I don't remember the exact route, but I remember you know going in front of the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and yeah. down that road. This is before any of the Fantasmic stuff was there. Yeah, and. Uh, kind of going backstage and then I can't remember where we came out and did the loop again but I remember being rear tram and kind yeah. of having some special so feel for that. it was kind of backstage tour for Well, it was for families and you got a, I have a photo somewhere too of me and my mom and dad so there was a, like a little photo they took of you somewhere in front of Small World or somewhere and it was, yeah. you know, again, it might have been for the 30th anniversary or some special thing like that but it was for cast members and their families. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah. The, uh, I think the, the most shenanigan thing that I've ever heard of on the trams and maybe you can tell me if this is just an urban <laughs> legend uh, you hear about the McDonald's drive through story no but there was a guy who was on his last day and uh, it was they had the shorter trams of one of those like two two cars like the giant mm-hmm. chain yeah they had some they could take him off and make shorter ones so I guess it was the the engine and then two cars worth of people and he said okay who wants to go to McDonald's and he drove out <laughs> onto Harbor 
went into the McDonald's parking lot, which apparently didn't have the low clearances at that point, and went through the drive-thru and ordered a burger and fries, and then went back into the parking lot with the people and was promptly escorted out by security, but, you know. I never heard that, but it wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, yeah. just hearing the stories from Jeff, I, I know what's possible. So. Yeah. So what... Um, so at some point you came back. Yeah, so I was gone a couple years, and then it must have been 1988. That's, uh, I think. Yeah, so I came back and decided again, okay, I want to reapply. And that time, exactly what I wanted, you know, adventure, frontier land, attractions. You're going to start on a jungle cruise, and I was like so happy. That's exactly what I wanted to do. So. That would have been 86, 87? That would have been 88. 88? Yeah. So that's a lot of crossover. That's a lot of good people were in the 88, 89 crew. Yeah, and, I, and I'm almost embarrassed when I was telling Jeff. I go, I don't even remember any people. I mean, I can, I don't think I can come up with a name. I mean, I was like, what is it called? It's casual, temporary, or yeah, yeah, yeah. seasonal. So, you know, I'd go to college, I'd come back, I'd meet some new people. And I had a lot of friends, and we had great times. But I couldn't tell you a name of a single no, person no, I worked though. with. <laughs> but, I mean, but here's the thing. When you first, so you've been in the Disney system. Yeah. And you get your casting and you show up for your first day of jungle i mean what was do you remember that day i mean do you remember putting on the costume for the first time at all i just remember any of those feelings that you had i remember training and uh i remember you know you do the just you and your trainer and you're the, another guy i was training with that yep. we did our loop and then we did another loop with our first group of guests and uh you know with the trainer still there and then i just remember me and the other guy that i was training with got our first real boat with no uh, trainer on board mm-hmm. and I just remember him I don't remember mine but I remember him saying oh I got Phil Collins was on my on my boat for the first time and I'm like oh great I get nobody yeah but yeah it was you know, I don't have any strong memories I just remember loving it but you know I think a lot of you'll get the same theme from a lot of skippers that it you know gets old fast so yeah. you start just improvising and I just remember yeah I was bored of it kind of quick and uh, luckily I was one of the selected few that got to go to Big Thunder. You know, that was our everybody's goal. Like, we're going to graduate and go to Big Thunder. So yep. uh, I worked on Jungle probably a few months. And then after that, going to Big Thunder for a couple summers, but sporadically going back to Jungle and every once in a while, Tiki Room or uh, the Treehouse even I was trained on. And Jeff, where were you? I mean, were you at the park at that point? No, I, I left in 84. So yeah, so you right yeah. as he was coming in, he you were on the way out. I, I got out, yeah. So... Um, so, and it's funny because the jungle has a different cachet now than, than it did back then. It it, uh, it was the place to avoid when I was there, yeah. and I'm so I guess for Tom too. Once he once he got got the feel of it, he realized, oh, it's it's a tough job. You know, it's yeah. a lot of work feeling it. Yeah, I think I think people get a different opinion of it from it, the from my yeah from what I can see. It seems like it's more of a place to to be, you know, than it, than it is. To avoid. Yeah. yeah, I think since since 2000, definitely. Yeah. Um, and I think what made that, and what really made the change in talking to people, was the annual passports. Mm-hmm. When they started really pushing the APs in the, in the late 90s, because attendance had dropped off, they needed to find a way to get people in the park so they could spend money and keep you know enough people on board. So they sold these APs relatively inexpensively. So you have this huge crowd of people. Well, the people who come back over and over and over again. The Jungle Cruise is a more dynamic experience. So if you do it 10 times, it's a different thing in theory than every, every time you do it. Right. Whereas if you go on Haunted Mansion, every it's single that. time it's the same thing. So I, I think part of the reason Jungle picked up that cachet is because... And, but, um, but yeah, no, no, I think that... Um, I think that was when it started. Um, and then also, I think the YouTube generation uh, yeah. keeps it very fresh because people... There are thousands of jungle cruise trips on YouTube yeah. from Isn't every park. Yeah, and there, there's really, you know, there's the best of the best. There's some really good ones that are up there to, to hear it. So. Yeah, that's interesting because I remember you had this, Jeff had this videotape yeah. while, a while ago with like a clip of, I mean, it was hours long. Yeah, it was called people. the Jungle Cruise Movie and yeah. by and uh, Tom Mezovich did it. Yeah. That was all before Tom, uh, YouTube. I, I got to see the Jungle Cruise Movie. Oh, good. Uh, I went out to Tom's place uh, about a year and a half yeah. ago. Sue, Sue I was there. Yeah. there. yeah. And we got to interview, but um, yeah, I got to... Uh, Finally got to see that all the way through. Yeah, I got to see it. And it was there's, there's only one clip of it online, and it's the guy who comes out of the boat 
rips his shirt off, jumps out of the boat in the hippo pool that's with Jim, a rubber knife in his teeth. That's Jim Shetler. I posted that on. Yeah, that's the only one. By the way, in case you missed it, Steve Buscemi just walked by. I don't know, oh, I don't know who that is. Yeah, from... Uh, uh, Which way did he go? There. He just walked that way, so... Yeah. Uh, well, there's actually another clip. There's a clip of Jerry Whitfield doing the opening yeah. segment that I posted for his birthday. Uh, and it's him doing the Twilight Zone. Yeah, very strange. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, it also is interesting to think, oh my God, this is just <laughs> crazy. It takes the wrong time for us to. to anyway, um, <laughs> just got Steve just got pushed into a wood chipper. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the cargo. Who's right. getting that? That's good. Let's see, now how I know. Steve now Bush, I know who he is. How does yeah. Steve Buscemi die? The you know in the movie. Yeah. Um, but you know, you think about that time period when uh, VHS tapes were just starting. Like recorder, like people yeah. just have started having video recorders. He, he knows all about that. His dad followed him around his whole life with a <laughs> shoulder-mounted video. Well, it's tape. interesting because uh, my high school race, uh, we were looking at something recently, and it's like I had this one week of races, and there was two races. One was on uh, Super 8 film, yeah. and two days later he had borrowed somebody's videotape, so that was the change. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're cross-country races. Yeah. But yeah, now you get to see it everywhere. But you got to think about you know the people in that time period, late 80s, early 90s, about yeah. how many videotapes there are that are out there that have Jungle Cruise skippers, because yeah. you know that they were on the boats recording. Oh, yeah. So. Well, and then the other one I'm sure you've discussed on your podcast is, uh, what's the one where that guy made those jungle movies and the one in the treehouse in the middle of the night, those big productions? Yeah, that's the same guy. It's, oh, Jerry um, something? Jerry Whitfield yeah. and, and uh, Tom Mezlovich and, and Tom Grace did, they did, uh, Disney Rain was one, and, they got and away with. Uh, <laughs> Disney Vice was the other one. So how long were you, I mean, you did one summer, two summers of Jungle? You know, I was trying to write this down, but I think I did about three summers that tour, yep. and most of them were at Big Thunder, so I would get a regular shift at Big Thunder, and I worked a few shifts here and there at Jungle Cruise, but as probably the summer of 88 is the most I spent on Jungle Cruise, and then it's mostly Big yeah. Thunder. Who was at Thunder by then, right? Was Sue Barnaby at that point? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Sue was already at that point. Okay. Yeah, she was I, I'm trying to, I always place it in, like, who else have I had and what's the timeline for yeah. when you were there. She might Who's have actually... Who's the guy that trained you on, on uh, Jeff, on, on Jungle? Jungle? Art Sogura. Okay. That's, uh... He, he, in addition to working at Disneyland, he owned a pool cleaning business. <laughs> and he actually cleaned Katie Halligan's, John Storbeck's pool. <laughs> so it's kind of <laughs> weird. I'm over at John Storbeck's house. And here's my jungle trainer doing the pool. But do you remember the guy, uh, this guy named Paul something that... Rosencrantz? Was a kind of a... Had been there a long time. I think he might have trained me on jungle hmm. for Big Thunder. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. The, the point is there was this guy that had been working there oh. forever. And he had a summer shift, like the opening shift, which was all, you know, hard to get. Yeah. We, I, we all had the closing. Yeah, we were like 1.30 a.m., you know, yeah. walking the track after. And... There was some politics going on over there, and he just said, Tom, he came over to me at Jungle, he goes, Tom, I want to do a shift change with you. I want you to work my shift. And it was he was trying to make a point somehow. So I show up the next morning, and it was the most coveted shift on Big Thunder. You get to go test all the guns at the uh, shooting range. And then you show up, and I walk in, and they're like, who the hell is this guy, you know? And why is he working this shift, you know? And I got to work this shift, like, 6 a.m., and I was off at, like, 2.30 or something, you know, I had a full day. So that was funny. But, so do you think, um, I mean, I, I know, um, do you think the stuff that you got out of Disney, I mean, the parking lot, the jungle, jungle, I think, is a big one for people. Did that, did that experience follow you through the rest of your life? Oh, sure. I mean, you know, I do some presentations at work, not a lot, but just being in front of people and, you know, the whole Disney experience, just, you know, when you walk in your company, you see a piece of trash, you pick it up just because that's what you do at Disneyland. I think it was a great experience. And when I worked there, they had the Disney University, you know, there by Harbor House. And we went in, you had maybe five, six people in your class and it was all day like yeah. a seminar. Yeah. And the last time I went, it was like a, you know, stadium yeah, full of people. like 400 people and it was just like slides and stuff. So yeah. I'm, I'm, that time. I'm listening to the, the thunder and lightning and thinking <laughs> that the gods must be angered by all this celebrating. <laughs> this is just like the Tiki room. Did yeah. you ever work Tiki? I did. And I was always nervous because I didn't know the spiel very well. And, um, you know, then it was like they would train you and then two months you'd be working on Jungle Cruise and all of a sudden they go, oh, there's a Tiki shift on your schedule. I'm like... Well, I don't remember what to do, you know? So you just wing it, you know? Push the button. I learned from somebody that you're supposed to just prop your chair against the yeah, door and go to sleep. Yeah, you learned? Yeah. <laughs> so I did that a few times. And then the, 
we were talking about the monotony. I worked at the uh, treehouse, but it's, I tell people anywhere in Disneyland, it's like when you're walking through, it's designed to be this wonderful experience. You smell something and you hear something, but when you're in the same place for hours over, and hours, over. it'll drive you bananas. Like that yeah. song they had in front of the treehouse, that organ. I love that. Yeah, song. yeah the, but, uh, but after a while, you're like, in you my house. To, by the way, the, the, the Swiss Capolka. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm told by Sue that it still haunts her dreams. That yeah. She still hears it. <laughs> Um, you know, it's funny, though, when they changed it over to Tarzan's Treehouse, I think that they made the inclines a little bit more steep, because I I remember it being kind of a leisurely climb. With, maybe I was just that young yeah. for Swiss Family. <laughs> but now with Tarzan, it's cardio. Even when I was working, I was 10 years younger, and it was still a good workout. Now it's... it's uh, man, it's, the legs get burning. And yeah, it's <laughs> steep, the first part. But I... Uh, that's one piece of Disney I own is I bought, suckered into buying a, one of the leaves from the old treehouse and sold them as like limited edition plastic piece of junk for $20 or whatever and I spent. And so now you can turn it around on eBay and make uh, I love like it. five oh, grand off I'm of never going to part with that thing, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, I guess we move on to your, uh, as you're exiting, or was there anything after Thunder? You used to do Thunder and Jungle? Or? Just, just Thunder and Jungle. Had great summers. I mean, I worked a lot of summers shifts at Thunder and probably the best memory was closing you know you'd, you'd always ask the lead if he was cool like hey can we ride you know after everybody's finally gone i get that one last ride and people would be tank standing up and hanging out the back and on the side and luckily <laughs> nobody was killed but you know we'd always get that last ride before the day's over did, did you find as a as a single young man that uh that working in adventureland was better than the parking lot <laughs> as far as your dating life yeah, I mean, I don't know. Didn't I was younger in the parking lot, yeah. yeah. But I do have a good story about Big Thunder. So we're working there one night, and, you know, I'm 20-something years old, and all of a sudden, 20 girls come walking in, and they all have a stash on, and one says, Miss, you know, so-and-so, and Miss, this and that. So, you know, we were all taking photos, and, you know, because you're dressed like a cowboy, they all wanted to take photos with you and stuff like that. So that was an exciting time, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I, anytime, anytime you get... Uh, pageant winners yeah. as a 20 some year old guy it's a good thing yeah um so uh how long until you try you said three summers of- yeah probably about three summers and then um i ended up going to work at the caricature artist at Knott's Berry farm just a kind of chance thing yeah and that's what I, I jeff was telling me a little bit a little bit about your artistic side were you while you were doing all the digital did you have that artistic bent yeah, I mean, I always loved drawing, painting my whole life, and then um, I initially started going to school as an engineer, but then eventually changed to fine art photography, so I was taking a lot of art classes, and I knew I wanted to do something artistic, and I just, just a total fluke that I happened to see this ad for a caricature artist and met this guy named Tom Kelly, who trained me, and he he had some uh, concessions even at the Disneyland Hotel, and... Um, at downtown Disney when that first opened. Yeah. I don't think he has them right now. But so anyway, through that Knott's Berry Farm experience, I met this guy, and I had gone to Japan to do English teaching, and long story short, he called me one time and said, hey, we need a caricature artist for this special Aladdin event at Tokyo Disneyland. Um, and I had already planned on going back to, to Tokyo, so this was 1994. Yep. And so packed my bags again and moved back to to Tokyo and worked there for the whole summer doing this special Aladdin event doing caricatures and face painting. And was that at, was that at the Tokyo Disneyland or was it? Yeah, inside Tokyo Disneyland and it was a concession run by the Arebus brothers who do all oh, the yep. glass yeah. cutting and yeah. everything like that. So I went out and met Manuel Arebus out here in Anaheim, drew his caricature. He said, all right, yeah, go ahead. And well, which is funny because, <laughs> I mean, obviously you know Jeff's history with Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think that, that the stories that you told about... Um, the misinstallation of the uh, animals and the boats going the wrong way. Oh, yeah. Historic. I, I've, I've made a lot of leverage with that story and, and talking with people. It's a, oh, good, yeah. it's a good story. Yeah. Um, well, he he gave me all, even before I went to Japan the first time, he's like, here you go. He gave me all these books and guidebooks and things like that yeah. for Tokyo. So, yeah, that was a great experience. And then, you know, of course I wanted to stay. So after the summer, they're like, well, you want to learn how to do silhouettes? Because they own the silhouette concession there in Tokyo. The Rebus Brothers do. Yeah. So I said, sure. So they taught me that, and then I stayed for two years doing silhouettes. And it's funny because um, we had someone else on the show recently. I'm going to have to like go back because I don't remember who it was whose father uh, was a silhouette uh, person on Main Street for like 20 years or 15 years. Wow. 
uh, that they had done that. So yeah, it's 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 a real it's a really incredible ability yeah. to be able to use a, a relatively small amount of space and capture someone's you know character and features and yeah. yeah it's, and it's even tougher when they've got triplets or they've like, got yeah. three kids and go, hey, just do them all together. And you're like trying to pick apart, okay, what's the uh, difference the between the their silhouette? Because <laughs> yeah. you know? I swear you can trace somebody's silhouette and to me it doesn't look like them, like I've done it on my son. And, yeah. yeah. So it's it's kind of a little bit of a characterization. Yeah, but it's, yeah that's one of those things you can't, um, you can't do that digitally. I mean, you can't get a computer right. to cut that. That's, right. Yeah. That has to be judgment calls, and it's a really lost art form. I mean, it's yeah, and it's amazing. Like caricatures, you, you have the same different artists do the same person, and you really see their style and yeah. how how they do it different. In fact, there's a guy working at Disneyland right now named Steve Thompson, who's the guy that got me the job at Tokyo Disneyland, and he worked there for many many years doing different artwork, and he's come back, and now he's working on Main Street at Disneyland, cutting silhouettes. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, yeah. I don't think people. You know, I just don't think people approve. Like, I don't think that it's a, a big thing now. I mean, obviously, you know, there's such an inundation of souvenirs and of, you know, memorabilia, and that you know, even the hats. I don't even see people getting Mickey Mouse ears embroidered right. the way that they used to. When I was there in o, like oh one oh two, there would be lines at the embroidery stations for Mickey yeah. Mouse hats. Yeah. That's so funny. And now, you know, no one's getting them embroidered because there are 50 million hats. Right. Yeah. Um, I have a theory, by the way, that Disneyland is actually just a long social experiment <laughs> to see what people will put on their heads. <laughs> uh, will they put a birthday cake? Will they put a Cheshire cat head? Will they put... Flashing, uh, yeah, flashing stars people. on springs. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, Japan, they're just, you know, over the top. Disney, yeah. they love it. So. Well, what's your experience? I mean, what did you, uh, on your, your visits to, to Tokyo, what were your feelings about the park there? I mean, it's... Well, it was great, and we'll probably talk about Disneyland Paris. I went there for a little bit, too, but it's just amazing to see it's the same thing, but brand new. So it's yeah. like, hey, what if we had a chance to build the Pirates of the Caribbean all over again, knowing what we've known now yeah. and where all the mistakes were made and everything. So it's just, it's like the, the one here, but it's newer. Yeah. And as compact and crowded as Tokyo is, once you get into the park, it's actually bigger than our Disneyland. So, you know, Main Street is World Bazaar. It's covered because it's, the weather is always like it is here today. Yeah. This is yeah. normal weather there. And they don't close it. It's very rare that they'll close it. So it's much more wide and expansive. You go to the hub, it's just very big. And, and when you're, you know, stuck in Tokyo and it's real crowded, subways and everything, you go in there and it's just like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Other than the crowds, it's packed every day of the year morning to night and they would give us these crazy shifts open closed shifts so you work 8 a.m to 10 p.m yeah and oh my it God. would drive you nuts. laws are a little different well the way it was for us we were kind of this outside vendor so we weren't the you know the face characters that came over through disney they were treated really well i mean i'm not saying it wasn't treated well but yeah we means- weren't the regular employees the japanese we weren't the, the disney cast face characters we were something else <laughs> and so they put us to work morning to night. You get a lot of breaks, but you would just be holding your breath in the morning going, please don't come get a silhouette. Please don't, because the second somebody got a silhouette, it would just start, and then you'd have a line of people the rest of the day. Wow. <laughs> Nonstop. Wow. Just when, when they saw you working, it would inspire them to, to want one. It doesn't matter who's there. Whoever's yeah. sitting there, yeah, they would That's do amazing. it. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, you go on a break. There'd be a line of people, and they would just sit there and wait. Okay, he'll be back in an hour. All right. And I mean, did, did you notice anything else? Like, obviously, they're different cultures, but as far as the Disney culture within there, um, I mean, was it the same level of? Uh, this is astounding. <laughs> but, by the way, just to give a little context, the parking lot now has one, maybe one and a half inches of solid water all the way across the parking lot. I've never uh, seen it rain like this. This, is, this may be some of the, the heaviest rain I've seen in Orange County. This is just yay El Nino. The, the lightning too. really makes it nice. Yeah, though. there's a good atmosphere to this. Uh, but no, I mean, culturally, there we go. That's going <laughs> to sound great. That's going to be... Uh, I feel like we're in a Tom Hanks' Castaway movie. Yeah, here. exactly. This is great. 
this is, uh, this is a thing. And I'd just like to give you this thought right now. Right now, there are cast members at Disneyland working at <laughs> are And there's a crowd. Enough, but I'm and telling not you, yeah. Not this, to close. You yeah, have, and not yeah. closes on inclement weather. Right. They take the entire park down for the day. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Disneyland is open right now. <laughs> well, some people, this is their only day they plan to be here. Yeah. And, yeah. So, and, and it's awesome. There, is, there are people who uh, come on rainy days that are local because yeah. it's the only day that anything is slow. You know, so if you want to go on Star Tours or Space Mountain, uh, I absolutely loved working on rainy days when yeah. I was there. On the Jungle Cruise, they would fill the center cushion and then off it would go. The outside, so you'd be taking trips with five, ten people at the most. Yeah. You know? And because they had to keep the boats going by, I was, was a really I, good time. I think that uh, I ended up with Lincoln ships a lot when it rained. Oh yeah. Which was good because Lincoln was a good place to be in from the weather. Um, anyway, so, so, so culturally, obviously, you know, Japan has a different uh, way of being. Sure. I mean, did you find that the cast member um, experience translated really well between between Tokyo and, and Anaheim? Well, like the Japanese follow the rules, so I think when they decided, Oriental Land Company decided we're going to run Disneyland, they Disney gave them a book of rules, like this is how you have to act. And they follow those rules to the T. So probably more, probably more than they do right now at, at our Disney. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. More. So, for example, when a Mickey Mouse or Minnie Mouse goes backstage, they stay in character until they're in the room, and they go into this other trailer. Yeah. And all the cast members backstage treat them just like they would if, if they saw them on stage. They're just, you know, gaga. They're like, oh my gosh, it's Mickey Mouse, and they're fawning over them. Until just like they would if they were a guest. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're as big a fan. Yeah. So the magic is maybe a little sparklier? It's very sparkly, yeah. And they just, uh, yeah. The cast members are just in love with the whole thought. We found that you actually had to be careful what the rules were that you stated. Because if you said, on the Jungle Cruise, that exit you stand here, then that's where they would stand. And if the boat was a little further forward or back, they were too bad. They're standing where their the rules said to yes, exactly. And if you told them the boat should be right at this spot when you are unloading, that's exactly where they would park the boat. They wouldn't, you know, deviate at all. And you'd have to say, you know, it's loose. It's a fluid situation. Sometimes you have to push it up more. And, you know, you have very, to spell out the variance in yeah. the rule, otherwise they would exactly. carry the rule. That's exactly right. And some of those, as you know, on the jungle cruiser, they're hard to quantify. You know? Yeah, they're, absolutely. And I wonder, you know, uh, now uh, I think Shanghai has opened. Uh, because it was supposed to be December 8th or 12th, and I knew they were they were looking at pushing it back. Uh, <laughs> God, this is just... I think El Nino has arrived. No joke. Oh well, then, you know, this is this is uh, a, a lot of, maybe this will uh, you know stem the methane for a quarter rant. Yeah. <laughs> wet it down a little bit. Um, Oh, yeah. gonna, this is going to be a rain-titled episode. i got to figure something out. <laughs> but uh, this, I, I swear, this is typical weather in, in Tokyo. This yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. You know, I found that to be true. And so a lot of their rides are designed that way. Like the, uh, the it's a small world queue is mostly inside. Yeah. And um, and then on the days that you have to deal with snow, I don't know. Did you ever have to deal with snow? I don't snow? think I ever did. Yeah. That was always interesting so. going through the belt and having a layer of snow over the, <laughs> over the uh, zebras and tiger and the lions. Uh, yeah, I mean, when I first started working at Tokyo Disneyland, they still had two or three days a year where they were closed in January. That's got long gone. You know? yeah. They don't do that anymore. Yeah. Year round. And I think they've closed before if it snows. You know, it it's all depends on the trains. Yeah. You know, they, they don't open past 10. It's rare because of the trains, so people can get home. Yeah. And the same with, uh, you know, snow. If the trains are closed down, then they'll think about closing the park. Yeah. Now, uh, you had said, I mean, uh, your experience is also to Paris. What, 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 how was that transition? What, yeah, that so happen? after two years in Tokyo, I'm like, okay, I got to go home, get a real job, stop all this this stuff. And like a month or two later, Arebus calls and say, hey, would you like to go cut silhouettes in Paris for the summer? I'm like, we'll pay for you. And okay, I'm on my way. You know, <laughs> so I put off my life again. You know, get a free plane ride to Paris and an apartment, and worked about six days a week cutting silhouettes and just go to Paris every time I had a chance on the day off. So there. 
whoever's Minnie Mouse, they get backstage. As soon as the door slams, they throw off their head, they smoke a cigarette, and they're just like, so if any kid looked backstage, they would be freaked out. So the culture in Europe is much, and it's just not just the French people, it's the European culture is much more relaxed. We're going to be going for four weeks in June and the start of July. I'm having my first European adventure. Where are you going to go? Greek islands. Uh, the, the, right now, if the exchange rate and everything is so good in Greece, yeah, that, the, we're getting a hotel room that would be a thousand dollars a night here for like seventy-five bucks a night yeah. Wow. Yeah, on a crazy. Greek island with food provided and transport. It's amazing. Yeah. And then we're doing a, a week in Italy, five days in Geneva, and then the, the balance in, in France. Ah, oh, fantastic! So, so you are going to? Yeah, I am Paris. going. I am going to Paris. Uh, if I got within a thousand miles, there was no way I was not going to go to Disney Paris, no matter what my wife says. That's great. She's making fun of me. She's like, we're going to Europe, and you're you're most excited about going to Disney. And I'm like, not most excited, but maybe in the top. It's a 50-50. Three or four things. <laughs> Eiffel Tower, yeah. Disney Paris, uh, the Louvre, Disney Paris. Yeah. Uh, but so that park's really cool because it's even newer, you know. So yeah. I haven't been to Hong Kong. I haven't been to Shanghai, obviously, but... Paris was even newer than Tokyo Disneyland. I think it was like less than 10 years old, yeah. if that. And, now was that. and that was the point where, so that would have been... 96. 96. So it was so called the, Disneyland Paris. Right, and that was when they really uh, were having, uh, there was a big point with money trouble, mm-hmm. where Disneyland Paris was really in the, in the red, and it would have been late 90s. Yeah, because I think it was that was when it changed from Euro Disney to some somebody other investor came in, yeah. owner, and took it over, and that's when they renamed it Disneyland Paris. Yeah. So it was already named that when I got there. Well, and because that, that was, I mean, there were a lot of things happening in Europe. Um, yeah. You know, Bosnia was around that point. Right. Uh, so it was really a, a rough time for Europe in general. Um, you know, and now it's recovered to the point where it's it's turning a profit like every other Disney park. Well, that's another difference between like California and Tokyo's the budgets, obviously. But I've been back several times since to Tokyo Disney Sea and everything. But even the Winnie the Pooh ride. So if you go on the Winnie the Pooh ride here at Disneyland, and then you go on the one in Tokyo Disneyland, it's like this trackless system. That's it's almost like you're you go a different route every time. It's so cool, and you're just like okay. They spent a little more money on their version than we did. Yeah, and so, it's the same with, uh, I think, Disney's California Adventure was built around the same time as Tokyo Disney Sea, and you can just see the difference in yeah, yeah. the budget. It's like whatever they wanted, whatever the Imagineers came up with, yeah. they said, yeah, we'll do it for Tokyo Disney Sea. Well, in Disney Sea, I mean, that, the whole theming of the whole Jules Verne yeah. area there was just fantastic. So, um, and then you just in Paris for one summer? Yeah, just one summer, about three months, and that they had built, I forget what the name of it is, but it's kind of like downtown Disney right outside the park. There was no second gate. I think there's another park there yeah, now. Yeah. But this new area had just opened with Hard Rock Cafe and yeah. uh, all that stuff. So that was really fun after work, just going out. Uh, and then the same. I mean, the same question. I mean, I, obviously the backstage, you know, is a different. But do you, was the the onstage cast the same level? That, was it still a, a high quality experience? I mean, did you still see that same devotion to the company, or was it a little looser? Yeah, I think it's a little looser. It, Disneyland Paris at that time, especially the summer, there's a lot of people that come from all over Europe, so from England, Italy, wherever, and they all have their national pin on, so you kind of know where they're from. Yeah. But it's almost like a party vacation for them to come stay in Paris and work there. And I think they have a lot of dormitories and stuff like that. And again, with the Rebus Brothers, you're kind of outside of that. You're like, sure. yeah, you know, busing in from your old your old place. So, But um, I just remember it was a lot of fun, and you know, but the, the cast members are a little looser there than they were at Tokyo. They're very strict and by the book. So where are you cutting silhouettes for now? <laughs> I don't cut silhouettes anymore. So after that, I finally must be a letdown. Yeah, Unless, you know, your whole career builds up this one moment. Uh, it becomes a true art art form. Well, silhouettes, I didn't mind so much, but characters, I actually have nightmares of like having to draw somebody and my pens out of ink, and because I was never that great at it. I, I'm sure there was people walking away with their characters. Well, what the hell is this saying? You know? <laughs> but but they go, the he must be an artist. He works here. That's you know? the same with any caricature artist. Yeah. They're, they're never... Well, honestly, I had some of the people I respected the most, the guy that trained me. All, all these people draw me. And, you know, it, when it's a one-minute caricature, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, it looks kind of like me. Yeah. But there's some great artists working. So, yeah, after that, my last job at Disney was um, I finally became a graphic designer. I was working in advertising and marketing. But I was in park one day and saw the watch artists on Main Street, and I thought, ah, oh, I want to do that. 
so I talked to the manager and gave her some artwork and they hired me there for a while so yeah. I worked about a year kind of once a week Do, doing that uh, that was still the point where everything at the watch store is still all hand painted yeah this was a new century time pieces right. so they had that table set up and about yeah. five or ten artists working shifts I probably ta- I probably talked to you at some point <laughs> I, you were that guy I was that guy. <laughs> I, I have a couple yeah, but I was only there maybe once a week for a long what time. Was, what were the weird requests? I, I remember going in thinking, if I could only get Kronk uh, from the Emperor's <laughs> New Groove as a Jungle Cruise skipper. I wasn't as prolific. There were some great artists that worked yeah. there, and they had a book, 500 drawings yeah. in it. And I was, I was struggling to always just add something new, and I probably had the least orders of any of those guys, so I only did it for a while. And it eventually just got to where, you know, it was fun, but, yeah, you know, fun. I had a full-time a job. Time, yeah. And, you know, at the, when I first worked there, they didn't even make us wear a costume. We just were supposed to wear a white shirt, black pants, and tuck it in. And then they eventually moved to, like, more of the Main Street costume. But that was fun. Just, again, just you're interacting with guests. And they come up and they ask you the same question a million times. Are you an animator? What do you do? You know? <laughs> but a lot of kids, you know, a lot of ki- people would draw stuff for kids. So, you know, then the parents would come up and expect it. Like, hey. It's his birthday. When are you, you going to draw Mickey Mouse or something like that? So you're just kind of sitting there all day drawing sketches for kids. Yeah. And they would accuse you of tracing because you've got a animator's table. And you're like, well, it's called inking. You know, I, I drew this, but then I'm painting over it. So, but they would walk by going, hey, he's just tracing. You know? So you get jaded pretty quick there, too. Well, look, it's, you don't have the experiences that you had if you've gotten burned down. And then, look, if you were in that parking lot and you just said, screw this, I'm out, yeah. uh, you know, look at what you would have missed. Oh, no, I loved every experience I've had at any of the parks and I uh, wouldn't trade it for anything. So, so Good. Any, uh, anything else that sticks out in your mind as far as... Uh, check your checklist. Check your checklist. Yeah. I think, uh, uh, no, I think that's it. I had a little... I had my notes in my head, so I... Uh, okay. But I... Was. But I... Yeah, I was able to do caricatures at Universal Studios for a while, Mossberry Farm, at the Disneyland Hotel. Uh, did them in front of Goofy's Kitchen when it was in the old spot. Yeah. yeah. And they you had another kids skirt birthday parties. That's too, right. Yeah. And um, they had where Goofy's Kitchen is now. They had an Italian restaurant, Figaro's or something like that. Yeah. And so, just had great, great times, you know. And yeah. So it's it's kind of hard. I mean, look, we all have our things in our lives that are uh, challenges. Um, they all they, they really don't seem quite as bad when you're working for Disney. It's like you know I had I, I had some of the same financial challenges after I left, but when I was working there, it was like uh, how bad can it be? They they can't you know collection agencies can't find me if I'm in the park. You know they're paying. Well, they me always said ride this ride every yeah. day. They uh, the saying when I was there, probably you've heard, is that well the the hours suck, but the pay's bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Which, which is, uh, the other one I've heard is uh, work harder, not smarter. Yeah. That's the other one that uh, seems to bandy about a little bit. So, um, Jeff, you, you've had a couple of years now to ruminate on uh, any, any new stories percolate to the top of oh, your... Oh, uh, man. Yeah, I had a whole bunch, but then I forgot them all after I listened to my brother-in-law here. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, this is about me. It's not yeah, about it's you. all You're about just here him. for... I'm here for the moral yeah, support. Keep the, the, the well, he's got a great memory, so I figured if I get stumbled you know, on anything. The crazy thing about, and this is, there's been a few surprises. We're now in our fifth year of doing this, and uh, one of my giant surprises is that the guys from '55 have better memories of 1955 <laughs> than I do of 2015. <laughs> they remember names and places. Now, either yeah. they're making it up, or they're totally like you know senile about it it's crazy that they remember every single we had Bill Sullivan on the show uh, Sully who was just an amazing Disney legend knew everyone's name the, the ride he worked in the first year it just was crazy that that level of detail uh, and maybe if we have smartphones now we don't have to remember anything but yeah I think that's part of it you know you don't have I don't I can't remember anyone's phone number I used to remember everyone's phone number yeah. when I was yeah. there, but now that they're and in my phone now that that space is empty that it would be uh, you have something good would be names. in there <laughs> it's not it's no. uh, well now it's all Star Wars trivia for yeah, everyone exactly <laughs> yeah. so um yeah and, that, and you've been back to the parks obviously you're here locally you, you have some uh, uh, connections family wise when you look at the 30-year difference now that we're in the 60th anniversary. But yeah, so 30 years later, and Jeff, you can answer this too. This has been a really um, interesting year for the resort. 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, 60th anniversary. They didn't have the event like the 50th. The 50th was, you know, they went all out. But you've got. 15% of the park closed now as of the 11th of January for Star Wars Land. Yeah. Uh, Jungle Cruise goes down for four months yeah. uh, to get a new docking system. It's been an interesting year. Um, what do you, I mean, do you see, looking back 30 years later, is there a thing that you go, yeah, man, I really miss this, or, man, they really have hit this out of the park. I mean, when, you, when you have that reflection... Is there something that stands out to you well, dramatically a, in either way? I'm a big Star Wars fan, so I'm, I'm I don't care if they close things for Star yeah, Wars Land. Want, yeah, yeah. yeah, I want the Star Wars Land. <laughs> have, have you written the new Star Tours? Uh, uh, yes, with the new uh, yes, the new Force Awakens footage. Yeah, so I haven't been in a lot in park, but oh, we went good. over the holidays. Yeah, yeah, and we saw the models and costumes yeah. and things like that. It didn't go on uh, Space Mountain or yeah. anyway, but. I think it's just like everything in Southern California. It's so overrun now. Everything is so packed all the time. I just remember going as a kid. And, you know, toward the end of the night, even in the evening, it would thin out. And, you know, you could go on all these rides. And it just seems now it's so rare to have those moments where, like, as a cast member, you're walking through the park and it's empty. It's just magical. And even when we were kids and when we were guests, sometimes it would be open like that. But now it's just, it's Except always packed. Many days, you know? maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm kinda, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go today. Uh... We're getting bombarded with palm tree pieces. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that it's a little a little more empty today. But I, I still love it, and having an 11 year old son is just perfect because yeah. it's like you're experiencing everything. I've got to ask: time. Is he making the family proud? What's his favorite ride? He's not making the family proud for Disneyland because he's I, I can't get him to go on rides. I think uh, we traumatized him when he was probably four or five. We got him on Space Mountain, and the music was blaring, and he didn't know what it was. So it's kind of shell-shocked him. So yeah. I finally got him to go on California Screaming, and uh, he loved that. And then when we went for Candlelight afterwards, we were about to go home. And we said, okay, now you can go on uh, Grizzly River Run because yeah. you get soaking wet. So him and his my nephew, his cousin went on it like four times in a row yeah. right before oh it was freezing God. cold yeah um, but no, no but no, he's a big Star Tours fan but, I mean, but no loves. love for the Jungle Cruise yet is that, no, uh, he, he doesn't ask to go on it yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll drag him by the yeah. by the ear maybe with time it's the acquired taste yeah of, uh, but he's no, got to he work it yeah. once he works yeah. it yeah, he'll he love it, it. <laughs> well guys thanks so much we're, we're hitting our window to get you back to work on your lunch hour and uh, Jeff it's always a pleasure always our paths cross regularly enough but yeah well, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Anytime. I, I know that um, they're in planning now for, I want to say there's going to be another big 2017 reunion. Uh, oh. They did a, the last one last year, the 2015, was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. 120-ish Westside yeah. employees were there. Um, but I know that they're doing another one in like a year or so. So it's oh, going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, I also understand that they're working on a, uh, a fall 2016 for Walt Disney World. Uh, for all skippers from anywhere. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I saw that, yeah, yeah. When we get the info on that, we'll pass that along and uh, make sure we get... I'm sure it. you'll be flying down We'll there be going, yeah, yeah. Going to rent a suite. You know, no matter what generation and no matter how long it's been you worked the ride or how long you worked it in the first place, uh, once, the, once the water's in your blood, every <laughs> skipper that I've had uh, has those same characteristics. It's, it's, it's a real distinctive type of person who's still... Uh, carries on that, that you know, legacy. So. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, thank you so much. Let's thank you, Kyle. Let's Good to meet you. In, let's slog back to uh, the rainy weather that we're having here. This is this is a day. I go to Long Beach now. So. Oh, we'll All right, guys. Hey, thanks so much. And, uh, you bet.